Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody how you doing Woo-hoo! well that's good you're listening to phly post game my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening and that was a fun one the flyers go into mile high and they come out with a 5-2 win uh that was a that that was a fun game that was a really really strong performance from our fly guys uh just another example of how i think they've uh Let's get another, you know, forget all. Woo! We needed a second victory woo uh, for that one because they just beat the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, it didn't seem like a one of those fluke wins. You know, sometimes it's like, yeah, Carter Hart definitely played well. I uh, don't think they could have won without him. Uh, but this was a full team effort uh, from the coach going, you know, working the seven defensemen. Uh, Bobby Brink really stepping up in his uh, – his home away from homecoming, you know, he spent three years at the university of Denver, had a couple of points, could have had three really uh, just outstanding performance for him. Travis Sanheim, you know, we've just heard, Oh, this play slipped a little bit. We're going to try to back off his minutes. It's been a big workload and he comes out, has a, has a monster game for them. So I'm just really happy with what I saw out of our flyers tonight. Hard to, uh, Hard to have a ton of negative opinions about that one. You know, it's, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to criticize, you know, like like the Nathan McKinnon goal. I, like, that was part of my notes. It was like, oh, you know, that Nathan McKinnon goal, I really think Couturier and uh, Couturier and Ristolainen could have been a lot more physical on that one. And it was mostly about Risto because, you know, when you're the physical guy, like you should be a little physical. And it's like – I like how I said I'm not going to bring it up as a way to bring it up, and I do it in the first two minutes of the show. Uh, really great stuff there from me, quite honestly. Way to go there, Bill. No, I, there was a ton uh, to like about tonight's game. I guess it has to start with uh, with the goaltender. Carter Hart was really freaking good. He had, what, 36, 37 saves? I'm bringing up the box score now as, uh, as we're discussing this one. Uh, but he was... I thought he was starting to slip a bit uh, really when we started to see Samuel Erson uh, get a little bit more playing time. It was like, oh, that's cool because looks like uh looks like Hart might be fading a little bit, but he's been awesome the last few games, and he was again tonight. Yeah, ends up with 36 saves on 38 shots. Um, I thought the uh, – I'm trying to get back here. Okay, there we go. Uh, we're using this remote program and it's working really well, but I'm just like trying to navigate screens is doing a bunch of different things. Uh, but it's it's uh, StreamYard working great. Um, <laughs> yeah, Car- Carter Hart, just I thought the, uh, the McKinnon goal, obviously he'd probably like that one back. Also, McKinnon just um, straight up burned two dudes. <laughs> You know, uh, and he backed up, but he was doing his own Andrew McDonald impression there, backing up and then kind of just letting the puck uh, roll in the net over the top of him. But after that, I mean, uh, the Manson goal, what are you going to do? Sealer was screening him and it's it's not even like, oh, blame Sealer. It's he's trying to engage his man going to the net. You you want a body on a body in front. So uh, but he just uh, wrong place, wrong time there. So those were the two goals. Really don't want to hammer Hart for either of them, considering the 36 saves he made. He was outstanding tonight. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, getting Charlie's three stars of the game. Mine, uh, I mean, it's hard not to give. 
I'm like, oh, well, mine's definitely Bobby Brink. And it's like, oh, really? Travis Konechny scored two. Uh, he's got a lot to choose from tonight. Uh, I am going to predict. Let's. I'm going to predict he goes Konechny, Hart, Brink. Uh, that's going to be my prediction for Charlie Stars. Mine would be I, I, I get a. I would give I would give Bobby Brink the first star of this one for me. Uh, just a standout performance for him, and he's someone I really wanted to see a lot more out of uh, the last couple of weeks. It just didn't look the same as the guy we saw in the first you know couple of weeks of the season. Um, just it wasn't standing out as much, wasn't making as many plays, obviously not showing up on the score sheet at the same rate. And I'm happy they've stuck with him. I'm happy that he's going to keep getting the opportunity to go through the ups and downs of an NHL season. This is what's going to happen to a dude really in his like his first healthy professional season. You know, last year, uh, obviously, or two years ago, he got the little taste um, at the end of his college season, he played with the Flyers a few games last year, didn't get called up at all, played primarily or played entirely with the Phantoms, was dealing with coming back from the injuries. And uh, now he's he's up and he's here and we're getting Bobby Brink every night. But listen, he, he was never, you know, he wasn't a first round pick for a reason. I don't think he was ever going to dominate. I don't think he's ever going to be a dominant player, but really really loved what I saw out of him in camp first few weeks of the season and all right you know long year he's gonna have his ups and downs because he's a young guy and he's not you know again not a superstar but I I thought this was a great way to really uh say you know what I'm kicking off this second two-thirds of the season I think we're around the one-third mark not the best at math but I think we're there uh we're gonna really kick off this uh next two-thirds of the season though Bobby Brink is not gonna just be a guy hanging on to a roster spot. He's going to make a difference in some games. And that's what we saw out of him tonight. Uh, Absolutely fantastic performance. I mean, the setup on the, uh, on the Farabee goal, just to have that patience after Sanheim made that play to get the puck in front. um, So many dudes played so well to, I mean, they'd have to, right. (laughs) You beat Colorado and let's line up these two rosters, right? a lot of guys were going to have to bring their a game if they were going to come away with a victory and they did. Uh, so that's uh, Bobby Brink would be my first star of the game if I was doing that, but it's Charlie's three stars. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, my prediction is he goes connect me heart uh, Brink, but we'll see. All right. After, after Bobby Brink, I want to talk. Yeah. Let's talk some Travis connect because damn man, he's up to 16 goals. Um, I just had it in front of me, and I, I this probably isn't updated for, like, at least the later games tonight. But bear with me a second uh, as I bring up the NHL.com goal leaders here. Yeah, goals. Uh, do they still have – yeah, Konechny's still at 14 on here. So it's not updated to, the t- uh, to this exact time. But the league leaders, Brock Besser and Austin Matthews, each have 18. Kucherov, Reinhardt, and Connor, 17. And then there's Travis Konechny. Uh, Pasternak, Panarin also have 16, but this is some pretty damn good company, right? <laughs> like these, are, these are guys you want to be in the conversation with, and I, I know I've been reluctant to just be like, well, he's, a, he's an elite guy. Like, I, I know he's a first-liner. I know he's an all-star guy. He's just not to me, that next level player. Um, But I brought up the idea on, what was it, Friday's show of Travis Konechny being a Hart Trophy candidate. It's a long shot, especially considering so many, so many MVP votes are just like, well, let me look at the Art Ross race. Okay. It's those guys. They scored the most points. And I I even made the comparison to, um, uh, Taylor Hall in his MVP season because it was not your traditional, oh, well, he had 150 points, so he's the MVP. It was more, oh, well, the Devils are bad and made the playoffs. How did they do it? Oh, Taylor Hall scored all of their goals. Um, The Flyers are getting a little bit more, uh, they're getting a little bit more offense from the rest of their lineup, but TK is that dude. And yes, if there's, if this team makes the playoffs and there's some sort of, uh, 
individual hardware handed out at the end of the season, I would assume the leading candidate is uh, John Tortorella for the Jack Adams. 100%. Oh, it's not allowing Julia to put up comments. Don't worry. Not a big deal. Um, I was... I was just hoping we were on the air, but if I can't see the comments, that's totally fine. I'm not that I'm not that worried about it. Sorry to everyone uh, watching that I won't be able to read your comments, but you have a pretty good time just conversing amongst yourselves in that chat. Uh, so I, I don't think we're going to lose any viewers over it. Anyway, um, what the hell was I talking about? These solo shows are just me like struggling with my ability to remember what the last sentence I said. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it's apparent to everyone who's like watched and listened to me speak for these last few years, uh, whether it's here, WIP, Broad Street Hockey, whatever I've been doing, I lose my train of thought and I lose the thread like mid-sentence. I almost did it right there. <laughs> I do it all the time and just kind of keep going and my sentences end up in different directions. I wonder like how many people pick up on, oh, he's lost. He doesn't even know what he's saying right now. But anyway, yeah, Travis Konechny, it's unlikely that he's a he's going to factor into the Hart Trophy race really. But man, when you talk about value to your team, uh, <laughs> hard to find many guys who are doing what Travis Konechny is doing for the Philadelphia Flyers this season. I mean, again, 16 goals on the year. Uh, he's got, what, three or four shorthanded, a few on the power play. Like, he's just doing it in every way imaginable, and he just kind of embodies what this team is. The just balls to the wall, go for it. We're going to hit you with stretch passes. Like, this dude gets so many breakaways and odd man rush attempts. It's not a shock that the uh, the Flyers lead the league. Last I saw, it was 50% of their goals have been scored on the rush. And with Travis Konechny doing what he's doing, how about how about scoring on that uh, that penalty shot tonight for his second goal? I mean, are there many things more fun than a penalty shot? I know most people hate the shootout as a way to end a game. I am not a person who hates the shootout. I understand I am in the mi minority on that. And so I'm basically wrong, but I like the shootout. That said, everyone's got to love a penalty shot, right? I mean, especially with this team, I, if there could be some sort of option for uh now, nah, we'll just, can we like for years, I thought, you know what the flyers, if they get a penalty shot should be like, can we actually just have the power play? We, we don't we don't want the penalty shot now fuck this is all the team can do is score on the rush so absolutely uh give me that penalty shot the power play is absolutely freaking pointless i mean i it is a shame the one power play did they have one or two tonight i have the box score right in front of me i don't know why i'm asking you know no one basically um whatever it was power uh, power play oh for one yeah they only had the one power play um, like it started off well. It looked like they ran a little set play and, uh, TK had just missed the net. Um, it looked like they they were going to set some things up and maybe get a little, no, no, it's, it, it soon turned into a flat out jailbreak. And that's, that's what they gave up. What two, they gave up two odd man rushes on the power play and then a third just as it expired like <laughs> power play is absolutely freaking ridiculous but you know again I, we're gonna sit here and nitpick i'll tell you though i am really excited about what i'm seeing out of our flyers right now and i'm Really, really looking forward to when they come home again. Now, they're not going to be home again until Thursday, December 14th. And you all know that game. It's our PHLY Flyers takeover game, December the 14th against the Washington Capitals. Check out our socials and check, go to uh, allphly.com to look for tickets there. 
uh, discount for diehard members. And the tickets do include free food and drink through second intermission. Uh, pre-game, there's going to be a little meetup with me and Charlie. Just have a few drinks, have a few laughs, take some pictures, whatever the hell you guys want to do. It boggles my mind that everyone, anyone ever wants to take my picture, uh, take a picture with me. But... <laughs> I'm more than willing to do it if anyone actually wants to do it. But if you're unable to uh, get in on the takeover tickets, whether they sell out, uh, whatever it might be, you might be looking for another way to go check out this team live because, damn, dude, they're a great time. They're really fun to watch. Now, they're better on the road, but, uh, you know, you take the good with the bad. They've been better at home lately. Um you want to find a way to go watch this team live, though. You got to do it with Game Time. Listen, man, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. And look at that. I transition back to the screen where I can see myself uh, without having to fumble too much this time. So we are getting better at using the remote program. Good for me. Proud of me. All right. Uh, I guess we got to talk now about, uh, yeah, Travis Konechny, MVP. Let's maybe if we get a little media push going, like we can do, um, we can do what the Boston Celtics did with the defensive player of the year a couple years ago when they just started talking like oh yeah Marcus Smart he's the best he's he should be defensive player of the year and then he won it's like he's not the best defensive player in his team great job media uh maybe we can get that going Travis Konechny as a uh, as a heart candidate but we cannot discuss one of the Trav I without discussing the other let us get to the one and only Travis Sanheim. I see right there. That was the one and only who the fuck like what? I forgot who I was going to like who I was setting myself up to talk about. That's one of the Bill loses what the hell he's talking about in the middle of the sentence. Uh, but we are told, you know, before uh, before the game, they're going to back off Sanheim's minutes a little bit. Maybe that's a reason they went with seven defensemen. Uh, you know. They're in the altitude, all that stuff. But they they understand. John Tortorella seems to understand. Uh, and Danny Briere said as much, I think, in the uh, pregame conversation on the broadcast. They've been running Sandheim hard. I mean, he's been playing 25-plus minutes. Uh, they've, been, they've been putting him through the ringer a bit. Uh, so they're going to back off his minutes, and the seven defenseman is another way to do that. He plays 22-48 tonight, uh, one goal and one assist, plus two, a couple of hits. Um, only the one shot, which is weird, uh, but whatever. Um, Travis Sanheim, phenomenal game, I thought. Just uh, using using his size and his skating ability to his advantage to create offenses, what he has to do. Uh, and the goal he scored, obviously, really nice play. Uh, Bobby Brink made that one happen down low, then a good feed across to Sanheim. He buries it. Excellent shot. Way to go, Sanheim. Uh, but the was it the Farabee goal? Uh, that Brink set up with the nice patient pass across the crease to find Farabee on the far side. It's all created by Travis Sanheim, uh, his skating into the zone, pushing the pace. Uh, he was he was cruising on that one, the, using those strides, man. He was looking dangerous on that play. And that's all we can ask for from Travis Sanheim. So I'm really happy with the way he played. And I love this... Um, I mean, they're going to back him off now. They want to get him to the Christmas break, let him rest up, and maybe they go right back to giving him 26 minutes after that. Who knows? Uh, but as as long as they have seven healthy, maybe this is the way to go. Um, I uh, Who loses ice time, I guess, if this is the way they do it? <laughs> 
we know the answer to the question. We know the answer to the question, and the answer is Morgan Frost. They'll just scratch him. They'll be like, fuck it. We traded him for a player to be named later. Uh, but uh, there, there might be some opportunities uh, like they have now. Like, all right, we could play Ollie Lixell six minutes as a forward, I guess, or we could go with the seven D men. And I think, I think it might be something we see a little bit more of uh, if they're going to try to manage Sandheim's minutes, but I do love kind of just putting him to the test this season, throwing everything you can at him. And all right, if he's adequate as a 25, 26 uh, minute defenseman, when they have other defensemen again uh, and he's playing like the 22, he played tonight. If this is what we can expect from him in that sort of role, damn dude, uh, what else can you ask for from Travis Stein? <laughs> like, that's just, that's just really good. I, I'm liking the way things are being managed right now. I realize they're winning way more than a lot of people have expected and way more than a lot of people want. I've said multiple times, if it was general manager, Bill Matz, um, there'd be a more concerted effort to <laughs> uh, move out some veteran assets. And uh, I don't want to say tank, but basically that, you know, um, I probably would lean more to the tanking side of doing this if I was the one calling the shots, but I'm not. And the way things are going, it, <laughs> It's working pretty well. You know, it's working pretty well. At a certain point, we're going to have to just acknowledge that this team is like not just outworking teams and not just better than we expected, but maybe good. And like if they're already good, maybe borderline playoff team, then when you introduce Gauthier, when you introduce Mitchkov down the line, when you get a little bit more salary cap flexibility with the cap going up and you move out a couple of guys, a couple of veterans making decent money, then you can spend, bring in some high-end guys. It's, it's doable. It's doable for this thing to work. Um, that's really... That's really my biggest takeaway right now. Like, I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and just be like, oh, you got to get, you got to have a Nathan McKinnon. You got to have a Kale McCarr. They have both and they've won one, you know? Like, it's really hard to win in this league and it's really hard to put together, uh, like, put together a roster if you don't draft a majority of your guys. But the Flyers are in a situation now where, they're not going to have to do the thing, hopefully, where it's like, okay, we're maybe not even cup contender, but playoff contender. We we can go on a run. Let's um, let's move assets out to get depth. You know, let's go get that playoff depth. They're going to have all that. That's the stuff they have plenty of. So you can concentrate your efforts on acquiring one or two more star level guys. And speaking of star level guys, we're going to bring in, I mean, just the best. Uh, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It is Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, how's the altitude treating you up there? Not bad. Not bad. It's uh, it's it's definitely you can feel it. I can tell you that you can absolutely feel the altitude, but uh, but not bad. You know, I got went on went on a couple runs. So uh, so I'm still still staying active. Couple of runs. This effing guy, man. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> speaking of uh, guys who are on runs right now, I guess we should we have to start with Travis Konechny. Couple of goals tonight uh, puts in a penalty shot, which was just a ton of fun. I mean. This dude, he seemed all over the ice tonight. I, there was a lot of flyers who stood out. And I said, like, obviously, they'd have to, like, it was going to be more than a one or two dude effort if they were going to beat Colorado. They beat them pretty well, too. Uh, but just let's start with the guy who scored the two goals tonight, Travis Konechny. Uh, fantastic. What did you think? Yeah, I thought the penalty, the penalty shot goal was just so key because, it, look, the Avalanche were pushing. And they're obviously a team with so much firepower. And the Flyers had blown two golden opportunities to extend the lead to two goals. There was the Delorier uh, tip just past the wide open net that that should have been a goal. And then there was 
a double breakaway where they stop Cam Atkinson and then also Joel Farabee on the rebound. Like the stop on Farabee is one of the most unreal things I've ever seen. That was no leverage. He kept his leg planted and kept the puck out. I don't understand physically how that happened. Go ahead. But you're, you're watching the game and you're thinking to yourself, okay, you can't blow those kind of opportunities in the third period up a goal against a team like Colorado. They are going to make you pay for it. The flyers are going to end up losing this game four, three in overtime because they couldn't get that goal that they had many opportunities to get. And then suddenly Travis Konecki breaks in, draws the penalty, gets a penalty shot. I mean, thank God it was a penalty shot and not a penalty because there's no way they were scoring on a power play. Like, come on, let's be honest here. So he gets the penalty shot and then buries it. And then suddenly it, the game's basically over. Like, yeah, Joel Farabee scores the goal to put the game on ice. But but it, after that goal, it felt like the win was just out of the avalanche of sales. It felt like it was over. And I mean, that's what, look, as well as Sean Gutierrez has played in his return, you know, from the double back surgeries, and I think he's still getting better. Travis Konechny is the Flyers' best player. He is. He's their best player. And that's the kind of play that you expect your best player to make in a key moment of the game. And you know what? Konechny showed tonight that he's fully capable of doing. He's fully capable of, you know, maybe not as insane as McKinnon's goal was, where McKinnon just was like, nah, we're not going into the into this intermission down one nothing. I'm scoring. I'm doing this all on my own. But there's a similar feeling of like Travis Konechny was just like, you know what? We need a goal. So I'm going to make one. And, and he did. And that's just it speaks to how good of a player he's become. It's really uh, it's really an MVP level effort, Charlie. I know. We laughed off the idea that he could be a heart candidate. He's at 16 goals right now. The league leaders have 18. I'm just saying he's right there. I understand the points total. The points total is not, you know, what it should be, but I think that may speak to his candidacy. No one else is scoring. It's me. Uh, But he's not scoring at the pace of like, what Taylor Hall did that year where he had like 40% of their offense or something connecting, not that, but I'm just saying he's been real damn good. And if we're talking about value to the team, everyone thought this team sucked. Travis Konechny scores 16 goals and they win every night. Like, I, I don't know. Seems like an MVP to me, but we will have this conversation another day, Charlie. Um, what I want to, Oh yeah. We cannot talk about one Trav I without the other Travis Sanheim. <laughs> Uh, we were told before the game, they're thinking about backing off his minutes a little bit. They realize the workload's been insane. Like he's played 27 minutes in some of these games. He's just been an animal, but they think his play has slipped. They want to get him to the Christmas break, let him rest up a little bit in that time. He plays under 23 minutes tonight, but if his play has slipped, it did not tonight. I thought this is one of his strongest games in a while. What did you think of, uh, what did you think of Travis Sanheim? I totally agree. I think he was great. And, you know, he obviously gets the goal on a, on a snipe. Honestly, didn't realize he had that kind of wrist shot, but, uh, and then he has a great play on the, uh, on the Joel Farabee goal where he, John Tortorella praised the hell out of him for it after the game basically said like, Travis Sanheim never makes that play last year. He never even thinks to carry that puck in, in deep and, and to, to basically, I think Tortorella called it, he bull rushed the net. And he's just like, yeah, Travis Sanheim doesn't make that play last year. But I think honestly, the play that sticks out in my mind for Sanheim was there was a play on the rush when he defended Kale McCarr perfectly and ends up, ends up forcing a turnover, just played him beautifully. And, you know, that's, one of the maybe five to 10 best players in hockey, at least one of the top two or three best defensemen in hockey. And Sanheim's just like, nah, I got this. And I think it speaks to the, not just the player he is, because I think we all knew he had the physical ability to make plays like that. He's a great skater. He's big. He's now put on this weight. So he's even stronger than he was, but we all looked at his frame and we're like, he could be a big, strong horse of a defenseman. He has that ability, but I think what's really changed is just his confidence. I think he goes out there every shift and just believes that he can do whatever he wants out there. It it reminds me a little bit, and obviously, Sanheim's a much better player, but it reminds me a little bit of Phil Myers, where Phil Myers, when he would have his best shifts, you just could tell that he realized he was bigger and stronger than everyone else on the ice. 
and you're seeing that this year, maybe for the first time in Travis Sanheim's career, but you're seeing that this year with Sanheim, where Sanheim just has that confidence. Like when he hits the ice, he believes he is the alpha on the ice. And like you, you even saw it. There was a, a scrum, uh, Miko Randon, who's not a small guy, you know, comes in w- with a w- with a rush, takes an extra poke at, at, at Carter Hart's glove, and Sanheim just goes right after him. And Sanheim's just like, you know what? No, you can't do that to my goalie. And I don't know if Travis Sanheim two, three years ago does that. If he, you know, maybe he does the, you know, he pays lip service to the idea that he's defending his goalie, but he's not going at him the way he did go at Miko Randon after that play. And again, it speaks to, I just think, the confidence that that Travis Sanheim has that he can go toe-to-toe with anybody, both physically and in terms of, you know, his play on the rush and his, his play in the offensive zone. He's just, he's a confident guy and you can see it. What did you make of the decision to go with seven defensemen tonight? Obviously, they okay, so they want to back up uh, some of Sanheim's minutes. The altitude is a concern. Uh, they think Zamula has played well enough to stay in. Ali Lixell played six minutes the other night, so, like, what's the point? Uh, I, I kind of dug the decision. I thought it was weird to basically go with 11 forwards two games in a row when you knew you were going to be playing – Colorado in the altitude like I don't know maybe guys would have a little more gas if there were 12 forwards last game but it seems to have worked seems like a really good decision uh what did you think of the uh the seven defenseman method well I think there were a couple things at play here number one and this is really I think what drove it is that I don't think there was ever any intention of Uli Lixell playing in any of these road games i think he's on this trip as like a a pat on the back you know good job kid you're doing well in the ahl you're going to be our extra and you're going to make a little bit more money on because you're up in the nhl like that i think is all this was and i think he was forced into action because of the paling because paling's sick and they weren't expecting that so this is more just like yeah we were never planning for you to play anyway so you're not playing I also wonder, though, and this goes back to kind of the defense, they really liked Igor Zamula's play on on Thursday against the Coyotes. They felt like he earned another game. But I think it's fair to say that Igor Zamula has struggled at times this season, particularly against really good teams. Like I'm thinking back to that Vegas game where he just got turnstile by Paul Cotter and he was just unplayable the rest of the game. Like he was bad all game. And then that was just like, all right, we got to bench him. He's done. I do wonder if maybe part of Tortorella's thinking is I don't want to pull Zamola out of the lineup entirely because he deserves it. He played well. He deserves to be in this game. But if six minutes into the game, I realize he's completely overmatched against the Avalanche. I don't want to go 5D the rest of the game and keep him on the bench. I'd rather have a seven in case I figure out quickly that Zamul is not ready for this. You know, a tough game, altitude on the road against an extremely fast and skilled team in the Avalanche. I almost wonder if he wanted to have Stahl as his backup plan because, look, like, Mark Saul isn't a great defenseman anymore, but he at least knows how to deal with these kind of situations. He's He's been there. He's done that. So I wonder if that may have played into it just a little bit. And Stahl, clearly the seven tonight, only played eight and a half minutes. Uh, so he was like, okay, we'll work him in. Basically, it seems to be what that yeah. role was. Do you think they might go with this strategy more in the future? Like, if you don't want to give Sanheim 25, 27 minutes every night and you're not sure about what you're going to get from Zamula on a night-to-night basis, uh, do you think this could be something they do more? I don't think so, just because I think this is all being driven by the fact that Palin can't play. Like, they really like what they've seen in Ryan Palin. They especially like what they've seen from him on the penalty kill. But they even liked what they saw of him when they put him up on in the top nine, and they've liked that PhD line. So I think this is more a product of him being sick and him being unable to play. Like, look, it's not that not long ago where we were saying, how the hell are they going to get Morgan Frost back in the lineup? We were ticked off that Bobby Brink was scratched. Like, it's not that long ago when they had too many quality forwards that they had to scratch one of them just to keep everything working. Now, granted, Noah Cates is injured, so that does cut down on the logjam a bit. But my expectation is, is that once Paling is healthy and once he's not sick and, you know, running back and forth to the bathroom, I think he comes back in and I don't think they go seven day. I, uh... Well, my follow-up was, okay, well, then what forward comes out and why is it Morgan Frost? Um, just <laughs> one comment time. One comment on him. He made a ton of plays tonight. When he got bullied off the puck on the power play, when he was oh, up yeah. at the, on the right point, 
and they go down on a two-on-one. I was like, that's it. That's the play. He's coming yeah. out. He ain't going to be in Nashville. Uh, but no, he was, I thought he was pretty good tonight. Another dude who was pretty damn good between the pipes, Carter Hart. You know, I thought his play had started to dip a little bit right there in November uh, when, you know, luckily when Samuel Airson really started to step his game up, thought we were going to see a little bit more Airson. No. And for good reason, it's because Carter Hart has been fantastic the last what three games? Uh, what what did you make of Carter Hart tonight? Because the first goal, I thought like one, it's Nathan McKinnon. Two, he just watched two dudes get blown away by him, and he did his own little Andrew McDonald impression where he kept backing up, and then the puck rolls up and in on him. So what are you gonna do? Uh, but after that, it, it flawless basically. What did you see in Carter Hart? No, I thought Hart was great. He he makes 30, uh, 36 saves on 38 shots. So we're talking about a 947 save percentage. It's pretty great. And 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 if you're if you're holding the Colorado Avalanche of two goals, you did a darn good job. Like, yeah, maybe he wishes he had the McKinnon goal back, but whatever. You know what? You make that many saves against this good of a team on the road, like in their building, and it was loud. Like this is a this is a loud building. This place sells out. This is a tough place to play. And um, I think it was Owen Tippett after the game called Hart the backbone of the team. And Hart, actually, I, I'm, I'm excited to use this in my piece that I'll write tonight on the game. But I asked a couple of guys the question of, you know, is there kind of an us against the world mentality in that room, given the rebuild, given the fact that there are not insignificant parts of the fan base that would be perfectly fine if the team did lose because they think that's the best way for this team to go and Hart was really honest and Hart basically said like it seems like no one wants us to win and it was just like <laughs> damn like they're they're paying attention to this shit and they're they're using it. and he said like we we use it as fuel you know we're a tight team we're a tight bunch you know we really like each other we believe in each other and and yeah we we do get the sense that no one believes in us and a lot everybody's against us and and we use that and i thought that was it was a cool thing to hear from him and just to back like uh megan angley from dnvr our uh what sister network i guess out in denver uh sure. she sat she yeah whatever uh she sat <laughs> down with keith jones today uh you can see it well i retweeted the video i think charlie quote tweeted it it's on hers as well uh but you can see it's like a 12 13 minute interview with keith jones and he said as much like the guys in the room know they know what everyone thinks of them and they kind of he didn't say this because he's a professional but they want to say fuck you to all these people like <laughs> you know so i i, I kind of dig it i kind of dig uh what we're what we're getting out of this team the vibe that they're i said to start the show like listen if i was if it was general manager bill Matz, um maybe not tanking but i'd make it a lot harder for the team to win and that would be the way i do it i i get there's other ways it's hard to argue with what they're doing right now. Like, it really looks like this team, I know a lot, well, then their ceiling is just going to be what it was. Right now, they look like what they used to, like, they look like borderline playoff team. So if they get a little better from here, it's, like, much better than they used to be. But we'll see how it plays out. There's, like, two-thirds of the season left. Um, what did you think, man? The a bunch of different combinations going 11 forwards tonight, but... There was we we talked about Tippett so far, or we talked about Frost a minute ago. Him with Brink and Tippett uh, looked like something that might have some legs to it. They made some plays. They're out there for a couple of goals. Uh, I really like that trio tonight. What did you think of those three together? Well, I think Frost and Tippett have shown chemistry in the past. They played a lot together last year. They definitely have something going. That's longstanding. I, I don't think that's a surprise to me. It's the play of Bobby Brink. That's re that tonight. I thought he was low key one of the best players on the ice for the Flyers. Truthfully, um, he obviously he sets up um, Owen Tippett for that goal with a low key really good pass. He banks that pass off the boards to basically it, it was it was the it was kind of like a quarterback leading his receiver. It was that same idea where like he was leading Owen Tippett into a place where he could beat the defenseman, and that was it's just a high IQ pass. And I talked to Tippett about it after the game and Tippett praised the hell out of Brink for it. He just said, yeah, like we've we've talked about that play. We've tried to get that play a couple other games. We haven't been able to pull it off. But yeah, the fact that that Bobby recognized it and was able to put that pass in the perfect spot for me just speaks to how good of a player he is. And then that pass on the Farabee goal. I know this that wasn't that 
that line you're talking about, but he's got like four guys around him and he's just so patient, so calm. He just waits for it to develop and then just slides a perfect pass over to Farabee for a tap in goal. I don't know what Bobby Brink's ceiling is, but I'm excited to find out because there's real skill here and there's a, there's a, there's a toughness to his game. It's it's not like he's going to be blowing guys up and making big hits, but he's not afraid of contact and he's not afraid to get into those dirty areas. And he made the Sandheim goal happen. On he's an exciting track. player. Yeah. yeah, he's an exciting player. No, I, I really liked it. And I'm glad you talked like Bobby Brink is who I wanted to talk about tonight uh, the most. I mean, he goes back to Denver uh, three years at the University of Denver. He plays against the Avs tonight, puts on a show. And we've talked like, obviously, he's not producing or standing out at the level he did the first uh, two, two and a half weeks of the season, whatever it was. And we've said, like, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be an up and down learning process. I really hope this is the beginning of another high point for him. Uh, and I'm glad you got that quote from Tippett because the pass was amazing. Like the lead pass or the bank pass off the boards, his reaction to it made like to see the pass three feet behind him. And then like, no, I know where it's going. They had yeah. to have talked about this before. So I'm glad, I'm glad we sorted that out. Cause that's something I personally wanted to know. Like, did they just come up with that? And he just felt it. Cause if so, these two dudes should never be separated. <laughs> uh, but they did talk about it, but I really liked what I saw out of them. Um, I got a, I, you mentioned Sean Couturier a little bit ago. I got to tell you, man, I know we've uh, we've asked multiple times, like, is he back? How back is he? I'm thinking he's back. I saw him create two scoring chances for Garnett Hathaway and Nick Delorier tonight. And I got to tell you, he's fucking back. <laughs> like, I, I was just really impressed. Like, Obviously, they go out and beat Colorado. Yeah, I bet Sean Couturier is going to have to make some plays to make that happen. And he did. Uh, how you tweeted today, you know, he's coming back slowly and surely. I don't know if it's slow. I think he might be back, Chuck. Well, I think a lot of his game is already back. The big thing, and I have this piece I'm working on. I'm not sure when it's actually going to be out, but just like comparing pre-injury Couture to what he has been so far and, you know, what is back, what's still developing. But the one thing that he's admitted to me, and I did a one-on-one interview with him, but the one thing that he admitted to me that is still coming back for him is the uh, the hands and he's like in close in tight making plays you know with without a lot of space available he still doesn't feel like his old self in that regard and that's why the play on the first connecting goal tonight was so exciting to me because it's funny actually uh, like travis connect pointed this out when we interviewed him after the game and i was very proud of myself that i noticed it because connect basically said like there's a little play there that i don't think anybody noticed and i was like i did i tweeted about it but basically <laughs> like forrester essentially tosses an alley-oop pass and it was how quickly and efficiently Sean Couturier settled that puck. Like that connect. doesn't have the opportunity to, to take off and make himself an option to, to get that pass unless Couturier settles that puck so quickly. And that's not an easy play. Like that is a difficult play, a bouncing puck that you just corral immediately. And he did that so well. And that's the kind of like good hands play that I think maybe he's been a little frustrated that he hasn't been able to make that he's always used to be able to make. And then for the first 20 something games, he hasn't been able to. I watched that play like the pass was great. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic pass. But he doesn't have the opportunity to make that pass if he doesn't settle that puck. And that puck is not an easy one to settle given the way it got to him. That That's just that, that's just classic Sean Couturier right there. Sean Couturier, one could call him, Charlie, a hero. Uh, hey but you don't need uh, you don't need to be a hero just to use hero bread, man. It's real simple. Listen, I think this time of the year, we could all use a little help making some better decisions. There's football every Sunday. There's hockey games every night, holiday parties, you name it. So much going on this time of year. I know I'm going to be taking in a lot of calories and specifically a lot of carbs maybe as a beverage. Uh, and now I'm told that maybe that isn't the best choice for maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And that's where hero bread comes in. Hero makes sli sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on hero.co as well as Amazon. 
all of their products have hit the spot for me because this bread is soft, fluffy, and delicious. And right now, Hero is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today with code PHLY. And this isn't just PHLY and Philadelphia approved. It's Kelly Hinkle approved, so take it from her. Um, I, just a couple more here for you, Charlie. Uh, I <laughs> I really, really wanted this team. I wanted to criticize uh, Ristolainen on the McKinnon goal so bad, and it's just like it's Nathan. McKinnon. They just pl- they just played an awesome <laughs> game, and it's Nathan McKinnon. Like, can yeah. I can I roast them for this? I will say the big physical guy should probably be a little bit more physical. Just just a thought uh but charlie we do we do have to get to your uh the charlie o'connor three stars of the game that's right my friends charlie o'connor's three stars and i already have a prediction that i put out to our listeners and watchers so i want to see it so let's start it off with star number three this is tough because i it's between two guys for me I'm going to go with Travis Sanheim over Bobby Brink. I think Travis Sanheim was, was stellar in this game. I I thought, you know, he had, he had the snipe goal. He had the setup of the, uh, of the, the Joel Farabee goal. And I just thought he was the number one defenseman that the flyers need. If they're going to take down a team like the app. So he's my number three, Bobby Brink just barely misses out on that, on that third star. Man, I had, I had Brink at three. So this is tough. All right, Charlie star number two. Star number two, Carter Hart, you know, 36 saves on 38 shots against the Colorado Avalanche. I don't care that maybe he wishes he would have stopped that McKinnon goal. It's Nathan McKinnon. He's going to do Nathan McKinnon things from the the puck drop. He was flying like, yeah, he's going to get his. But on the whole, I thought Carter Hart was fantastic. I thought he was great on the penalty kill, especially not to say the Flyers didn't do a good job in terms of killing the penalty with the skaters. But he made some monster saves, especially on that first power play that uh, the Colorado had, where it just seemed like they were hanging on for dear life. You don't beat the Colorado Avalanche in Denver unless your goalie is fantastic. And I thought Carter Hart was, was stellar in this one. All right, I had hard at two, so that just leaves star number one, Charlie. I mean, it, you know, he might be might be number eleven in the in the score sheet, but he's number one in your hearts. It's it's Travis Konechny. I mean, that that penalty shot goal that was the key moment of the game because it really did feel like the uh, the Avalanche were starting to turn things. The Flyers had missed on a couple golden opportunities, and it looked like it was just inevitable that the Avs were going to tie this game, maybe win in overtime, or you were going to be cursing missed opportunities on the part of the Flyers. Instead, Travis Konechny makes a play, draws a penalty shot, and then doesn't choke he finishes it off with a gorgeous shot that i think uh was almost stopped but it just barely overpowered him um and that's just it's just what the best player on the team has to do and i think travis connect is the best player on the flyers right now i was two for three predicting your stars i got one and two i thought maybe you were gonna go carter hart one just because like yeah man they just beat colorado in colorado but i like you going with TK number one because he was everywhere tonight. All right, Charlie, I do have to ask. Like, on one hand, I thought the Flyers played an incredibly fun and, uh, like, I, I thought they played well just overall, like, just good up and yep. down. Also, so many failed clears, odd man rushes given up. Is that just what's going to happen when a team when the Flyers are looking to get their own odd man rushes obviously that's how they score on the rush that's their thing when you play the way the Flyers do is that just going to be what happens especially against the team with this sort of speed in Colorado Yeah I think it's mostly just the fact they were playing Colorado they I didn't actually didn't think they gave up a ton of odd man rushes they gave up some but it certainly wasn't the deluge of odd man rushes that it was against the Rangers which was the team I was when when I talked to John Turrell this morning I compared them to the Rangers different styles to be sure and I think the um, I I would say the Avs have a little bit more high end firepower up front obviously the Rangers have Panarin but the Avs have like four Panarins Um, but but again the, the Flyers got burned by the Rangers speed in that game in that Black Friday game and the Avs are probably faster 
than than the Rangers. Like I I was I was looking at their roster going into this game and like give the Avs credit. They know like they know what they are and they yeah. lean in. Like they go out and they sign Miles Wood, who I think of as oh that really fast annoying guy on the Devils. And they went out and they they have Andrew Cogliano, who like all he can do anymore is just skate fast. All of his other skills are gone. He can just skate fast. Like they just go out and they sign all the fast guys. And I I, I respect it. You know, it's leaning fully into your to, to what you are as a team. I respect the hell out of it. But like they are one of the fastest playing teams in in the league, and they're going to get their chances. They're going to get their looks. But I thought the Flyers did a pretty good job of of not turning it into a total track meet. I think it was Carter Hart who said that you know we got them to play our game. And he was right. I thought the I thought the Avs played the Flyers game more than the Flyers played the Avs game. And that's one of the big reasons why they won. All right, Charlie, I think that will do it for me tonight. So uh, thanks for dropping in. I really hope you get an opportunity to enjoy Denver a little bit. Let me recommend Arcade One Up. Nice basement bar in Lodo. Check it out. OK. All right. If I Ecto get my article done shots. in time, maybe I'll give it a go. Ecto cooler shots. I'm telling you. Sure. All right. That, All right. that was that is Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, coming to us live from Denver, Colorado. Uh, he does not appear to be a mile high, um, but I I hope he gets I hope he gets to enjoy Denver a little bit. I mean, what's the point of going on the road if you don't go out, Charlie? Jesus, you're doing work. What? he's a professional ladies and gentlemen that's it's why he's in that role and i'm you know at least tonight in my basement uh all right i don't have a ton either but what i do have to tell you about i gotta tell you about our friends at foco baby because foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead they've got overalls hoodies hats sunglasses bags or anything you need for game day and if you're in the market for maybe some accessories, toys, or collectibles for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set, you've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around using the link in the description of the show. For all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY10. That's PHLY10 for 10% off at Foco. All right. Uh, just a couple more things I have to impart on you before I say good night. Uh, the first is actually, I don't remember what the first is. Uh, I gotta, I gotta look at my outline again. I'm sorry, fam. Uh, that was, that was, Oh, right. The diehard sale. That's what it is. All right. So, uh, through the rest of the weekend, we have the diehard sale going on at allphly.com. It's uh, marked down $20 from $79.99 annually to $59.99 annually. You heard me talking about our PHLY Flyers takeover. Well, guess what? Diehard members get discounts on events. That's right. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I want to go to this thing, but maybe it's, well, guess what? Sign up to be a diehard. You get an automatic discount to go to our takeover event. It's that easy. You also get... Uh, t-shirt you get access to our discord so much more exclusive diehard content on the website from charlie and all your favorite beat writers at all phly so make sure you check that out become a diehard today you won't regret it i promise um my promises are no way money back guarantees but I promise. All right. Uh, I think that will basically do it for tonight for me. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. One last time, go to allphly.com. Check out the events. That's right. Little tab on the side says events. Go there. And then buy tickets to the PHLY Flyers takeover on December 14th against those Washington Capitals. This is its actually kind of a big game. The Caps have been kicking ass lately. So this could be a lot of fun. And you know, every time Alex Ovechkin takes the ice, he is in pursuit of history. So there's a lot of reasons to go, not the least of which is free food and beverage with your ticket through second intermission. All right, that will do it for me. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Follow us right here on YouTube. Never miss a live show. PHLY Flyers, wherever there are podcasts. Follow us on Twitter as well, at PHLY underscore Flyers. All right, my name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. 
Go Birds. We all silly like the mayor. 